0: what is up everybody it is jt sports i am back to you guys with another episode of the jt sports podcast on this episode i'm going to be talking about should the detroit lions draft a quarterback in the upcoming nfl draft did the panthers make a mistake bringing back matt rule for a third season the cincinnati Bengals. Have a legit shot to win the Super Bowl. And that may sound crazy, but I'm going to explain why I feel like the Bengals could make a Super Bowl run in the playoffs. And lastly, has Bill Belichick fallen out of touch with the current state of the NFL? Now, if this is your first time listening to the JT Sports Podcast... Welcome. I appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure that you follow me on all of my social media platforms. You can follow me on Instagram at JT Sports underscore. My Twitter is at JT Sports underscore underscore. Once again, you can follow me on my social media pages. My Twitter is JT Sports underscore underscore. My Instagram is JT Sports underscore. And lastly, if you haven't already, make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports. A couple of months ago, back in November, I had a Detroit Lions fan ask me in the comment section, should the Lions draft a quarterback in the upcoming 2022 NFL draft? Now, this was back in November, and I felt like it was a little bit too early to be talking about the draft. So I decided to, you know, put this topic in the archives for, you know, the offseason. And now we are approaching the offseason. We're in the playoffs right now. But for Lions fans out there, with your season already being over not too long ago, you're already looking forward towards the draft and free agency. Now, this question has popped up a lot. Okay, there are many people asking this question, should Detroit take a quarterback? Now, my answer to this is a simple no. And that's probably going to shock a lot of people. And the next thing that I'm about to say is probably going to shock a lot of people, but I believe that the Detroit Lions don't need to draft a quarterback in this year's NFL draft because they can win with Jared Goff. Jared Goff started the season off really rough, but the final month, that he had was really good okay he had a really good game against Arizona he was really good against Minnesota like Jared Goff played really well the last few weeks of the regular season I don't really know what was the cause for that was he getting more was the play calling better like what was going on you know you did have the emergence of rookie wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown, who came on late. So Jared Goff really kind of played his best football near the tail end of the season. And when you look at Jared Goff, with what he had to work with this year, I felt like he did a pretty good job. And Jared Goff has already proved time in and time out. If you give him a solid team with a good offensive line, a good group of wide receivers, and a legitimate running game, he can make he can win some games for you. And there are a lot of misconceptions out there that Jared Goff is just this bottom feeder quarterback. Like, that's not true, okay? Like, Sean McVay and Jared Goff had to separate because the relationship ran stale. Didn't mean he was a terrible quarterback. The Rams just felt like, it was time to go in a different direction which is why they decided to trade for Matthew Stafford so when you look at Jared Goff's performance this year it was pretty solid in my opinion didn't really have a great supporting cast of wide receivers you know the offensive coordinator was you know a little bit of a question mark during the year like Dan Campbell took over play calling at one point. So when you look at the Detroit Lions going into the draft, if you are a Lions fan, you have to ask yourself this. Is there any quarterback in this draft class that is better than Jared Goff right now because detroit has way more needs other than quarterback okay as a matter of fact quarterbacks shouldn't really even be in lions fans top three needs because the lions need everything okay you need wide receivers you need a safety you need edge you need linebacker so when you look at the quarterbacks in this draft class if you draft one What are they going to contribute day one? Are they going to make an impact for you? Because the Lions need guys who can make plays for them immediately right off the bat. They don't need to draft a quarterback and let him sit two to three years for what? You're going to waste a first round pick on a guy who may not touch the field in the next couple of years and you end up passing on a lot of great defensive talent like you got Devin Lloyd. You have... Kayvon Thibodeau you have Aiden Hutchison you have Kyle Hamilton who I think Kyle Hamilton the safety out of Notre Dame is the best player in this draft he's my number one overall prospect gives me a lot of Durant James vibes like there's just so much talent on the defensive side of the football that if you're a Lions fan you should be really upset if Detroit drafts a quarterback in the first round because It's not like he's going to touch the field because Jared Goff is a pretty solid starter. So he's not going to start off. He's not going to start over Jared Goff. So what's the point of using a first round pick on a quarterback who's not going to get on the field right away when you have so many other needs? Now, the second question is, is there a quarterback in this draft class that has a higher upside than Jared Goff? When Jared Goff was at his best, where did you rank him? I'll say he probably was a top seven, top eight quarterback. Is there a quarterback in this draft class who has that kind of ceiling? Probably about one or two. I would say that Malik Willis has the highest upside, the highest potential out of any quarterback in this draft class. When you look at his arm strength and what he's able to do with his legs, then you also have a guy who I really like a lot, Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. So if you're Detroit, if you got to take a quarterback in this draft, you probably should take one day two or day three because in the first round, you have two first-round picks. That's two players who potentially could be day one impact starters for you right out the gate. Those could be two impact players rather they be on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball who can help contribute to you making it to the playoffs next season so I don't think that Detroit needs to draft a quarterback as a matter of fact I think that the quarterback carousel for detroit if they really do need to go that route they could bring a backup in in free agency maybe or maybe you draft one like i mentioned earlier in the later rounds of the draft but drafting the quarterback in the first round of the draft really to me doesn't really make all that much sense for the detroit lions because they are trying to win as quickly as possible now I could understand if the Detroit Lions were coming out and they said, you know what? We don't want Jared Goff. You know, Jared Goff stinks. Let's just go ahead and replace him right away. I haven't really heard any rumors about, you know, the Lions franchise or Dan Campbell or anybody in that Lions organization being unhappy with Jared Goff, you know? So... With Jared Goff performing pretty well, I expect him to have a really good season next year as long as the Lions improve in free agency and during the draft. Because if you give Jared Goff the keys to the Porsche, he can take you to the championship. Like Jared Goff is a quarterback who isn't going to make the players around him better. That's simply what it is. He is somebody who needs to have the keys to the car and you have to make sure that you can teach them how to drive. So for Detroit, as long as they continue to build this team up, you know, improve the wide receiver position, improve the defense and make sure that Jared Goff has enough weapons around his disposal to be successful, he can win games for you. And Jared Goff has proven that throughout his career. Dating back to when he was the with the L.A. Rams, like when the L.A. Rams got Sean McVay, he had competent play calling. He had a good supporting cast around him. That's when he was at his best. So when you look at Jared Goff, he's not a quarterback who elevates the players around him, but he is somebody who can be a really good and a really solid starter if you give him the proper pieces in place. And he has already had success in the playoffs before he's been to the super bowl he's been in the mvp discussion so i don't really think that there's any logic behind detroit taking a quarterback in this year's draft if their mentality is to win right now now if Detroit still feels like this is going to be another rebuilding year going into the 2022 season which I doubt I think Dan Campbell would like to win games and win them quickly so if Detroit was you know planning on having another retooling season then I could maybe understand taking the quarterback even though there's not really a quarterback worth taking in the top five maybe not even the top 10 but okay maybe you could you know pitch an argument to me and say okay JT like we're going to be bad for another year we might as well go ahead and get our franchise guy let him sit for a year or two I can understand that but it looks like Detroit is trying to win as quickly as possible so if you're trying to win as quickly as possible how can you accomplish that when you draft a quarterback who isn't even going to start for you right away like if Detroit is looking to draft a quarterback I would trade my first two round picks and try to see if i can trade with a team to get a top five pick in next year's draft for 2023 and see if maybe I can get a CJ Stroud or Bryce Young because both of those two quarterbacks have way more upside than any other quarterback in this draft class like look at this draft class right now I don't think it's as bad as what a lot of people make it out to be but in terms of having a lot of potential superstars it doesn't really look like it's a star-studded class so for Detroit I think it would be in their best interest to stay away from drafting quarterback because one they have way more bigger needs and two if you're trying to win now you should be using your first round picks on trying to find impact players that can help you win now instead of finding a quarterback who's not going to help you win anything because he's going to be holding the clipboard right next to jared goff on the sidelines on the bench so that's my answer to if the Detroit Lions should draft a quarterback I don't really think they should I know that's going to surprise a lot of you guys listening or watching this but Jared Goff is solid and I like what I saw out of Jared Goff this season especially in the tail end like i said he came on kind of late but he had some really nice performances i definitely feel like if the lions continue to build around him properly that he can be the guy who can take them to the playoffs and maybe have some postseason success there are a lot of carolina panthers fans right now that aren't really happy with the current state of the franchise now Going into the year, many Panthers fans had high expectations. They had this team somewhere between 9 and 11 wins. There were many Panthers fans out there who believed that the Panthers had a team that was capable of making it to the playoffs. And they came really, really short of those expectations. They went 5-12. and And you probably could say this team regressed because year one under Matt Rule in 2020, this team was way more competitive than what they were this past season. Like in 2020, I believe they were in what, like seven or eight one possession games. And if the ball would have bounced in a different direction in their favor, they probably could have ended up winning seven games in 2020. So you look at the fact that they started out 3-0, you got Stephon Gilmore, you traded for C.J. Henderson. Like, the Panthers' defense is really talented. However, the offense was awful. So, what does Matt rule, do? He fires Joe Brady, which Joe Brady kinda wasn't a great hire because he got too much credit for the success that the LSU offense had because... He didn't even call the plays at LSU. He was just, you know, a little bit of an architect per se when it came to designing passing routes and whatnot. So he wasn't really ideal OC material. But at the same time, you also could probably say that he got the wrong end of the foot and he was pretty much used as a scapegoat for Matt Rule to keep his job. So Matt Rule surprisingly comes back for a third year and I say surprisingly because a lot of Panthers fans seem to be really surprised that he is returning for a third year but you got to remember that the Panthers owner gave Matt Rule a seven-year contract and there was a report coming out that he is embarrassed that he gave Matt Rule such a long-term contract because of how the team performed this year but I think that bring it back, Matt Rule, isn't really a mistake, I don't think it's bad, because, like, I had Carolina winning between six and nine games this year, like, Carolina was not a playoff football team. I don't know why Panthers fans believe that going into the year. Like, I understand why you had a very good young defense. You got Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin. Okay, Hassan Reddick had a really fantastic year. Like, your defense is probably one of the most talented defenses in the league. But you look at the offensive line. You had questions at quarterback we thought sam Darnold was going to be the answer he wasn't then you bring in cam newton he kind of fizzled out after the arizona game when they made him the starter you got pj walker in there like the quarterback position the offensive line position for carolina is a mess so how is this going to get improved well first you have to bring in the right guy at offensive coordinator now many panthers fans want pep hamilton but there are a lot of teams who want Pep Hamilton. Hell, I'm a Steelers fan, and I pray to God that Mike Tomlin brings in Pep Hamilton because he'll be a big upgrade from Matt Canada. So when you look at Matt Rule, Matt Rule is known as a, a team builder. He has the label of the coach who comes in. He's not an X's and O's guy. His specialty is building a team up from bottom feeder to contender which means establishing a good culture in a locker room and establishing a culture that players want to play for you and we don't really know if he's done a good job of that because you normally would like to see your team perform better instead of regressing and carolina definitely regressed this past season because a lot of their games weren't even close and compared to their 2020 season, like, although they didn't have the greatest record, like, they were in a lot of games, like, Carolina didn't get blown out often year one under Matt Rule, year two, oh my goodness, like, after that 3-0 start, everything just went to the fan, so Matt Rule come back for a third year, you know, like, I expected it. I don't think there's nothing wrong with it because he is a team builder. Like, you have to give guys a little bit of time to build up a franchise when they have that team builder label. Nobody was—I wasn't expecting Carolina to just have this big turnaround in year two and make it to the playoffs. Like, Carolina was a little bit of a disappointment— I didn't expect them to be that bad, but they are a couple of pieces away from making it to the playoffs. So you got to improve the offensive line. You definitely have to find the answer at quarterback. Rather that be via the draft or via free agency, but you have to get that figured out. So, I still do have confidence in Matt Rule. Believe it or not, I'm not a Matt Rule fan or anything like that. I'm not a Matt Rule fan page. I just think that you have to give coaches who have this team builder label, you have to at least give them three to four years. So, going into year three for Matt Rule, Panthers fans, your expectations definitely should be playoffs. And if the Panthers don't make it to the playoffs, then that's where, you know, you can come out and say, oh, yeah, he needs to be gone. But year two playoffs for Carolina i couldn't really see it you know i had them as a fringe playoff contender a team that could compete for a playoff spot but ideally they were missing a couple of pieces this year like the offensive line was a mess and the offensive line didn't help out the quarterback position at all so that has to get figured out but with matt rule having the team builder label you have to give him time like guys who have this team builder label they don't turn things around in two years and normally takes them at least three years to think to get things rolling in the right direction so this season 2022 should be the year that the Carolina Panthers are contending for the playoffs. And on top of that, they probably could win the the division because when you look at the state of the NFC South, I mean, there are a lot of question marks. Like, what's going to happen with Matt Ryan? Is he going to stay the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons? What about New Orleans? You know, like, are they going to bring back Jameis Winston? Is Jameis Winston going to sign elsewhere? Like, Tampa Bay, is Tom Brady going to be back is bruce Arians going to be back like there are a lot of questions right now and for the nfc south is definitely a division that if carolina can you know nail their offensive coordinator hiring and you know nail free agency in the draft find a quarterback improve the offensive line this is definitely a team that is not only going to be in the playoffs but they could be a dark horse Bowl contender if things go the right way Now, I feel like Matt Rule lost the locker room simply for the fact that the team wasn't really all that great. And when you're not having success, it's easy to lose a locker room. And there's nothing wrong with losing a locker room as long as you lose the locker room for the right reasons. So if you're a Panthers fan, ask yourself this, do you feel like Matt Rule lost the locker room for the right reasons? Because every coach at one point of their career Unless you're Bill Belichick or Mike Tomlin, you just have a consistent amount of success every year when you're a consistent contender and you're consistently winning games. But if you have a coach that has a down year, of course, you're going to end up losing the locker room because, you know, you're going to have guys who get to the end of the year and they're like, F it, man. Like, I just want to get this shit over with. So for Matt Rule, 2022 is definitely going to be a make or break year. If Carolina makes it to the playoffs, Hooray, Matt rules the guy. If Carolina doesn't make it to the playoffs, then that's where you have to start getting your pitchforks out. But I kind of feel like it was a little bit premature of a lot of people out there to expect Carolina to make it to the playoffs in year two under matt rule when you look at the uncertainty that they had at the quarterback position and you look at how it was a lot of uncertainty when it came to the offensive line so i'm eager to see what matt rule does moving forward how he improves his staff who he hires as his offensive coordinator because i definitely do believe in matt rule i believe in every coach i give every coach a fair shot to prove themselves so if you're a panthers fan watching this let me know what you guys think about Matt Rule. What are your expectations for Matt Rule going into 2022? Do you still believe in Matt Rule or are you still somebody who still believes that Carolina should have went ahead and moved in a different direction? Let me know if you are watching this on YouTube down in the comment section below and make sure that you check out the JT Sports podcast, which is available on all podcasting platforms. All you have to do is type in the JT Sports Podcast, and it should pop up. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals defeated the Las Vegas Raiders in the wild Card round in the AFC. They won 26-19, to 19, and they are going to be traveling on the road to take on the Tennessee Titans in the divisional round. And you want to know what's crazy? So I was watching the Raiders game, and I was telling a uh, homie of mine, I was like, bro, what I'm about to say may sound crazy, but I believe Cincinnati can make it to the Super Bowl. I believe that Cincinnati has a shot at winning the AFC. And my homeboy was like, bro, are you mad? You think the Bengals have a shot at winning the Super Bowl? I said, yes. Yes. I mean, when you look at Cincinnati, I know the offensive line is something that probably is going to turn a lot of people off, but the left side of the offensive line is really good the right side is where the problem is and another problem that Cincinnati has is that they're not really good on first and second down which is why they end up finding themselves in a lot of third and long situations but they're able to convert in those third and long situations because of how great their wide receivers are look at Jamar Chase you look at Tyler Boyd you look at T Higgins like the Bengals probably have the best wide receiving core out of any Team that is in the playoffs right now. On top of that, you look at Joe Burrow, who has been playing some really good football, and the Bengals have a really underrated defense. Like, their secondary is pretty solid. You know, cornerback is up and down from time to time, but they have a lot of guys who can get pressure on you. You have Sam Hubbard, you have Trey Hendrickson. Like, they have a really good defensive line linebacker. It's probably the weak spot, but I don't think linebacker is as bad as what it has been in the past. So you look at Cincinnati, that matchup against Tennessee is going to be really interesting because Tennessee is going to be healthy. They're going to be well-rested. But at the same time, you look at Cincinnati, you know, they're really hot right now. They are riding the momentum of beating Las Vegas. They have a really good run defense. And You know what Tennessee likes to do. You know what Tennessee is going to do. They're going to go in there and they're going to try to get that ground game going. But what if Cincinnati is able to slow down that run game, which I believe that Cincinnati is more than capable of being able to slow down that run game of Tennessee-like. It's really crazy that we're having this discussion about Cincinnati being a Super Bowl contender. You have to think about how far this team has come. Like just a year, just not too long ago, this team only had two wins, and nobody even expected them to make it to the playoffs. Like if I were to tell you before the start of the regular season last year that Cincinnati was going to make it to the playoffs a lot of you guys would have called me crazy but you look at this Bengals team like this offense is so explosive like You look at how dynamic Jamar Chase is. We always think about the 50-50 balls that he has, the contested catches that he makes, but he's really good with the ball in his hands. Like, he's just a true all-around number one wide receiver. Like, there are just so many weapons on this team. On top of that, you have Joe Mixon, who's having a Pro Bowl season. He's gonna be going to the Pro Bowl. Like, he has been really good for Cincinnati. So you have a team that can run the football, they can throw the ball, downfield and yes their offensive line isn't great they aren't really good on early downs but they're so explosive that it doesn't really matter if they get put in a second and long or third and long situation because they're they can have a they can get it all back in one play that's just how explosive this cincinnati team is and you got to watch out for teams like cincinnati around this time that start to catch fire because When people make their playoff predictions, I feel like something that not enough people take into consideration is how hot is that team at the moment? Is that team... On a four or five game win streak, because most of the times when you see teams coming into the playoffs with four or five game win streaks and a lot of momentum, they normally end up having a pretty solid run. You remember Tennessee back when they had the Cinderella run with Derrick Henry until they ran into Kansas City in the AFC Conference Championship game? You remember the New York Giants? When they went on their Super Bowl runs in the past, when they upset New England, when New England was close to capping off the perfect season, like you have to look out for teams who get hot during this time going into the playoffs. And Cincinnati was one of those teams. Like Cincinnati won the AFC North for the first time in a while. So this was a very hot team going in. And you gotta remember that Cincinnati, and I've been telling people this, like I told people this Earlier in the season when people were asking, is Cincinnati a pretender or contender? And a lot of you Bengals fans probably remember this video because I said that I believe that the Cincinnati Bengals are contenders. Because every time Cincinnati has played a good team or a team that we presume to be amongst the best in the league, they've been pretty competitive. Like they almost beat Green Bay earlier on. Then you had the big win against the Kansas City Chiefs not too long ago, which won the AFC North for them. So you look at this Cincinnati team, they have a lot of momentum. And then on top of that, if you can beat Tennessee, then you end up having to play either the Bills or Kansas City. And, you know, Cincinnati is more than capable of being able to beat both of those two teams, like, I don't think the gap between Cincinnati and the other teams that are still in the playoffs, like the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Titans, is all that big. As a matter of fact, I think the gap between Cincinnati and the rest of the teams in their playoffs right now is... Not really all that big in terms of the AFC. Like, you look at Kansas City. Kansas City's secondary is really inconsistent, okay? And that's something that Cincinnati took advantage of in their last matchup. On top of that, you look at Tennessee. Like, Tennessee's offense has struggled. Like, when Tennessee doesn't have the run game going, they get into a lot of trouble. Then, you look at the Buffalo Bills. I mean, Josh Allen has pretty much been unstoppable. But at the same time, I think the Bills and the Bengals is a pretty good matchup. That game can go either way. So there's not really any team in the playoffs, at least on the AFC side, that you can say, man, J2, the Bengals don't have a shot at beating them. Like if the Bengals play the Bills, I think that game can go either way. If the Bengals play Tennessee, that game can go either way. They already beat Kansas City once. Can they beat them twice? That would be pretty difficult to do. But I believe that, you know, there's the possibility that they could. So, you look at this Bengals team right now. Like, I don't really think that the gap between them and everybody else in the AFC is all that big. As what a lot of people try to make it out to be. Like, Cincinnati is a really good football team. Now, I wonder what's going to happen when they get put into a situation where, you know, they're not able to get those chunk plays. What's going to happen when they get put in those third of long situations and they can't get bailed out by those big plays? What's going to happen when they are forced to have to be efficient and they're going to be forced to have to win on those early downs? That's going to be the question with Cincinnati in terms of how far can they go in the postseason? because to make it far in the postseason, you're going to have to be a little bit more efficient on earlier downs because you're going to end up facing better defensive lines and the. Raiders pass rush with Yonkin Gakwe and Max Crosby like they were getting some pressure on Joe Burrow so you have to wonder how are the defensive lines that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to face for the remainder of the playoffs how are they going to be so I look at Joe Burrow and I think Joe Burrow is a star I think he already has asserted himself as one of the best QBs in the league maybe some people will argue that he's the best quarterback in the AFC North that's a discussion for another day, but I believe in Cincinnati, okay, and this is coming from a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, even though I don't really, you know, let my um, fandom cloud my judgment in terms of assessing teams, but you look at this Cincinnati team, like, they have a legit shot to make it to the Super Bowl. Because like I mentioned earlier, you know, the gap between Cincinnati and the remainder of teams that are still in the playoffs for the AFC is not as big as you guys think. And there are, there are three teams in this team that have legitimate weaknesses. Everybody has a weakness. For Cincinnati, it's the right side of their offensive line. For Buffalo, they have some weaknesses. Kansas City has some vulnerabilities. Tennessee, same thing. So there's not really a perfect team. And you look at how crazy this season has been. Like, this has already been a crazy season. Like, Philadelphia, for crying out loud, made it to the playoffs. The Las Vegas Raiders made it to the playoffs for interim head coach. So for Cincinnati, don't sleep on them. Remember this. Don't sleep on Cincinnati because this Bengals team has a legit shot at making it to the Super Bowl. And don't be surprised if they end up winning against Tennessee. Now, I haven't gave my prediction yet for that game. That's going to be coming out soon. But I think that Cincinnati and Tennessee is going to be a really entertaining game because Cincinnati matches up really well against Tennessee because Tennessee is really good running the football and Cincinnati has a really good run defense, one of the best run defenses in the league. So you guys let me know how you guys feel about the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you believe that the Cincinnati Bengals have a shot at making it? to the super bowl this season in the playoffs the new england patriots were dominated by the buffalo bills in the wild card round of the nfl playoffs this past saturday this game was really ugly it was 47 to 17 and there were a lot of people who were shocked at the outcome of this game me personally I wasn't all that surprised. Like, I had the Bills winning by at least 10 points now. I didn't expect them to, you know, um, destroy New England the way they did. But, you know, going in, we knew that if the Patriots weren't able to have a good day on the ground and they got down early and they had to rely on Mac Jones to throw them back into the game, that they weren't really going to have that much of a shot And that's pretty much what happened. So with the Bills beating the Patriots the way they did, the Bills had pretty much submitted themselves as the top dogs in the AFC East, at least for the foreseeable future. And I went on Twitter and Bill Belichick was trending. And there was a lot of interesting takes about the Patriots lost the Bills. And there were a lot of people surprisingly who were saying that Bill Belichick has fallen out of touch with the current state of the NFL. Now, here's my rebuttal to that. I gotta disagree with that statement. You know, there are a lot of people who keep saying that Bill Belichick is too old school. He needs to modernize his offense. He needs to change things. Like, he's still trying to win like he's playing in 2000. Like, people forget that last year, Bill Belichick had Cam Newton as his quarterback and it was a really weird pairing because we were like okay Bill Belichick is normally used to having a prototypical drop back pocket passer Cam Newton isn't really known as a prototypical drop back passer he's more somebody who's good with his legs he's really athletic he's not really that accurate of a thrower but he does have a really good arm and the Patriots were able to win a couple of games with them. They designed a system that was built around Cam Newton. So the fact that Bill Belichick is, you know, having people come out and say that he's falling out of touch with the game. I got to disagree with that because it wasn't too long ago. Like he just designed the offense, him and Josh McDaniels on the fly for Cam Newton, a guy who isn't really their traditional kind of quarterback. And Bill Belichick is really good at making adjustments and bill belichick made several adjustments during this year like before the patriots went on their seven game win streak like there were many people who counted them out what were they what two and four at one point so you look at the fact that they were able to go from struggling at the start of the season to becoming one of the hottest teams in the afc and although they did fizzle out during the month of november you know, some that's just you know having a young rookie quarterback. When you have a young rookie quarterback, you're going to have some ups, you're going to have some highs, and you're going to have some lows. Mac Jones had his highs in the middle of the season, and unfortunately, his low point of his rookie year came during the recent stretch december going into the playoffs and he wasn't really that great and this team started to kind of get figured out a little bit the defense is getting up during age you know there are a lot of changes at least from a personnel standpoint that kind of has to be made with new england and you look at linebacker linebacker definitely has to be addressed like bill bilichick is somebody who loves having vets on his team he's not really somebody who's a big fan of starting a lot of young rookies or young players like he wants veterans he wants people who have a high IQ of the game he wants people who understand who can process what's going on in front of them. So I look at Bill Bilicek. I don't really think he's falling out of touch with the current state of the league. Like, you know, he got he got his quarterback of the future. Mac Jones looks to be really good. He looks to be the guy, okay? Like, the receiver position needs to be, you know, a little bit improved. Maybe you try to trade for Calvin Ridley or somebody like that. But I don't think Bill Bilicek has falling out of touch with the current state of the league because he has proven time in and time out that he's able to make adjustments like the Patriots went only won seven games previously and I came out and said that they were not only going to make it to the playoffs but they were going to compete for the division and there were many people who had the Dolphins over New England like there were many people who had New England not even making it to the playoffs this season They said rookie quarterback, you know, like Bill Belichick, is he going to be able to figure things out? And he was able to, you know, like you have to give Bill Belichick a lot of props for the job that he did this year, because this Patriots team probably still wouldn't even be a playoff team without him being on the, you know, sidelines. Now, there are some people out there who said that Josh McDaniels needs to leave, Bill Belichick needs to fire his son, which his son is his defensive coordinator. Now, I wouldn't make any of my children, you know, like somebody who would work under me because I wouldn't be one to be put in a situation where I might have to fire one of my own kids. Like that's tough. Like who wants to fire one of their own children? Like, no, but I don't think that really any staff changes need to be made. Like Josh McDaniels is going to be the head coach in waiting. It looks to be like whenever Bill Belichick decides to retire. So he's not going anywhere. Then you have his son, which the defense wasn't really all that bad this year. Like, yeah, it could have been bad there at certain points. But really, I feel like the defense just needs to upgrade more when it comes to the talent standpoint. Same thing with the offense. And with the offense, you got to remember that as long as Mac Jones continues to improve and Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels continue to take time to develop Mac Jones, this offense is going to get better with Mac Jones getting better because with Mac Jones playing better, he's going to read the field better, he's going to make less mistakes, he's going to be a little bit more aware of what to expect from defenses now going into his second season in 2022, so with him improving, the offense is going to improve also, and that's going to improve Bill Belichick's confidence and trust in Mac Jones, because there was another scrutiny that Bill Belichick had by a lot of people in the media, and that's the fact that People said that he didn't trust Mac Jones. Well, duh, he's a rookie quarterback, and I see why he didn't trust Mac Jones. Did you see that playoff game? Like, Bill Belichick went into that playoff game against Buffalo, and he pretty much understood what New England had to do. He knew that if New England got down by multiple possessions at any point during that game, It was wraps because then you can't use the rank game. Then you have to rely on Mac Jones to throw the football, especially going on the road in Buffalo as your first ever playoff game as a rookie. That's tough. And Bill's Mafia is one of the more underrated fan bases in the league. So that's not a tough place to win by any stretch. So... Of course, Mac Jones was going to struggle. On top of that, he was playing against one of, if not the best defense and the least Statistically, the Bills have the number one defense in the NFL. So, of course, he was going to struggle. But I don't think that Bill Belichick has fallen out of touch with the current state of the NFL. Because for somebody to fall out of touch with something, that means that they just lost all sense of direction. They don't really know what they're doing. Bill Belichick definitely knows what he's doing, okay? Like, he is the king of making adjustments. He has made several adjustments throughout the season. So, if you have a coach that's making adjustments, I don't think that's falling out of touch. Sometimes you just have coaches who have a philosophy, and they like to stick towards what works. And there's nothing with Bill Belichick's philosophy That shows me that it's not working because they made it to the playoffs. Now, if they didn't make it to the playoffs, then I would, you know, second guess and say, okay, maybe he needs to make some changes. But really what a lot of people are saying when they say Bill Belichick has fallen out of touch with the current state of the league is that he doesn't have this dynamic, crazy offense like a Buffalo or Kansas City. It's not flashy. You know, he wants to run the football with his two big backs and damian harris and raham dre stevenson but regardless of how much mac jones improves that's still going to be the staple of new england's offense in 2022 which is going to be running the football only throwing the football when need be so i don't think that The NFL has passed Bill Belichick by. I don't think he's walking out there like a clueless duck or anything like that. Like, he knows what he's doing. And as fans, we have to stop second-guessing coaches, okay? Like, there's a reason why Bill Belichick is the greatest head coach of all time. You want to know why? Because he's able to make adjustments. The GOATs in this game, the GOATs in life are able to make adjustments they're able to adapt to survive in this world you have to be able to make changes rather than that be changes to your lifestyle relationships you got to be changed you got to be able to be punctual so for Bill Belichick I think he's more than capable of being able to still have success in this league for people to say that you know the league is passing him by like that kind of you know surprises me I was like what you think that the league is passing Bill Belichick by? Huh? What? You talking about the guy who designed the offense on the fly for Cam Newton and was still able to win like seven games with him? You talking about the guy who was able to win with a rookie quarterback, the only rookie quarterback, as a matter of fact, to start in a playoff game this season? And people are talking about some, has the game passed him by? He made it to the playoffs with Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback. Like, dude, we should be celebrating the Patriots season. You get what I'm saying? But I understand why Patriots fans ask that question. Because the expectation in New England is championships. And, you know, you would like to have a flashy offense like the Kansas City or Buffalo or whatnot. It doesn't look encouraging when you see Buffalo putting up all these points on you. But at the end of the day, never count out Bill Belichick. Never count out people who are really good at making adjustments because bill Belichick is going to make adjustments in the offseason and his patriots team is going to be right back in the mix of things in 2022 so you guys let me know what you guys think about this topic down in the comment section down below do you guys believe that bill Belichick has fallen out of touch with the current state of the nfl make sure that you like the video subscribe to the channel for more nfl videos and college football videos and i appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of the jt sports podcast make sure that you check out the jt sports podcast every video that is uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on every single podcasting platform apple podcast google podcast spotify podcast wherever you get your podcast from the jt sports podcast is available all you got to do is go to whichever podcasting service that you use type in the jt sports podcast and it should pop up or you can go down to the description scroll a little bit and it should have my apple podcast and spotify podcast links and you guys can go ahead and check it out there i will see you guys with another episode of the jt sports podcast